Established in 2020, the Author's Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Author's Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Author's Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, the Author's Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Author's Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch where we bring the spotlight to you. This is our first ever voice only podcast, meaning you're not going to see a live video along with this. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can to try and not breathe heavy into the microphone and be super weird. Uh, <laughs> but we have Aviana with us today. How are you doing over there, Aviana? I'm doing good. Um... I've been spending most of my day writing, which is a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I live for those days that I can just write and not all of the other stuff that I tend to make myself busy with. But that's neither here nor there. So let me introduce Aviana to everybody that's listening real quick or that will listen uh, because they are going to listen. <laughs> Aviana is an Amazon best-selling author of dark and contemporary romances such as The Black Stallions MC. And when I hear that title, The Black Stallions MC, it brings vivid thoughts into my brain. So I want you to do me a favor, Aviana, and tell us a little bit about this book. Well, The Black Stallions MC is, as you can probably guess they are a fictional motorcycle club based out in san jose california um actually my husband who uh he was actually an outlaw biker before we met and he actually helped me plot a lot of the series and he gave me a lot of inside information to make it as realistic as possible because as a lot of people who read this the uh mc books no um there are a lot of books out there that are very unrealistic even for people that don't know very much about that world they'll read it and be like that doesn't seem right <laughs> yeah and like when you have yeah go ahead when uh uh, I actually, for, right before we started plotting the whole thing, I read this book by Jane Diamond called Dirty Like Jude, part of the Dirty Rockstar Romances. And it just had a little bit about bikers in there. And the parts that it had to me just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, this doesn't seem realistic. And when I read it, I went to my husband and was like, this is just, this is just sticking with me. And I don't like it. And he's like, well, that's because that's not how it is. <laughs> and up until this point, I didn't know this about him. 
And so it was a big shock to me. And just after that, we just started working together, plotting everything. And I was like, okay, I'm, this is going to be my first book. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I find the people with the most jaded past have the best uh, stories to tell in books. So I'm, I think it's fascinating. You know, I've watched, of course, Mayans and Sons of Anarchy. And growing up, I grew up in a bar. My mom owned a bar and the Vigilantes Biker Club. Uh, actually, they were the biker club of that bar. No other biker club in the city came to that bar. So I was never in that life. I didn't know a lot about it, but I always saw them. So whenever I watch movies or read any books about motorcycle motorcycle clubs, I'm always looking for the authenticity in them. And I think it's very important for writers, authors like to make their books very authentic when they're talking about certain demographics. So I like that you have that firsthand experience right there, that touch point that you can get. You talked about plotting it when you were plotting the story. So you're a plotter, not a panster. Can you tell a little more about well, your writing process? Well, I'm halfway between. I'm what they call a blueprinter, which means I get the <laughs> basics of the storyline in my head. Like I have all the big points. I know these characters' backstories, like how each of these people meet, stuff like that. But I don't plot out every single event within the book down because I've I've tried doing that before. And it just completely made the story end up falling flat because it takes you out of uh, the story that you're writing. And you're having to be conscious of what you're what point you're at so your events don't get all messed up so you have that perfect happy medium between the two yes that's that's smart it keeps you on track but it allows you to flow when you need to flow yes it does and it it makes it to where it's it keeps the fun in writing and it helps to really keep things moving forward instead of having to stop and be like, okay, what is it that I wanted to have happen next? <laughs> and so you get to keep having that, that creative momentum going. Yeah. You keep your creative momentum, but it limits your squirrel moments is what I like to say. <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. So what's your biggest inspiration that, that helps you keep focused and, and come up with fantastic storylines? My biggest inspiration, my inspirations tend to come from two places, it's either from the books that I read, which the books that I read are very, very, they're very dark. <laughs> like... I basically write what I read and things that I want to be reading. Like the best advice that was ever given to me actually came from my husband. Well, if you don't see a book like that, then you need to write it. Because if you're not writing something you want to read, who else is going to want to read it? That's true. Like you can't expect other people to want to read something that you wouldn't yourself be like, okay, this is a story I actually want to hear. That's true. 
Is your husband an author? Because he sounds very smart within this world. Um, no, he is not. He is not an author. <laughs> I've had plenty of my author friends try to convince him to uh, <laughs> collaborate with them. And he's like, no, no, no. She's the only person that gets to pick my brain. <laughs> <laughs> like you cornered the market on that one <laughs> yeah like whenever i like i have a mafia book that i started writing and i'm like i don't know very much about that and he l looks over what i tell him that my plot points are that i have in my head he's like yep that's right that's right that's right you might want to tweak this just a little bit <laughs> wow have you always wanted to be a writer or is it something that just hit you one day and you did the ideas just started flowing? Well, I've always had ideas, but whenever I was younger, I was one of those people that, you know, when you start reading and you just get, end up getting a headache when you're reading something that you're not really interested in. Yep. And so reading was very off-putting to me for a long time until, until I became about 18. And then I started actually reading and enjoying it. And at first I started, this is, this is quite embarrassing, but the first book that I actually read that I enjoyed was Twilight. I am embarrassed to admit that. Oh. Uh. I'm not embarrassed to admit, I love them. <laughs> I'm a 15-year-old girl at heart, just so you know that about me. I turn into a 15-year-old girl when you start talking about vampires, so that's my thing. Well, I'm a, I'm a werewolf girl, okay? So, <laughs> so probably Twilight wasn't the best thing for me to start reading, but I was one of those girls, like when I watched the... Uh, the Wolfman movie, I I always cried whenever the werewolf mm. dies. Yes, yeah. that's me. Yeah, that is sad. I'm like, no, it's not his fault. <laughs> uh, it, it never is the supernatural's fault. It's always the human's fault. Exactly. <laughs> so I would venture to say that if you had a spirit animal, spirit animal, the werewolf would be it, right? Well, I'm always kind of stuck between two different kinds of spirit animals. There are two animals that have always called to me. One, of course, is the wolf, mm. because wolves are very misunderstood creatures, which is weird to say, considering most people have a descendant of a wolf in their house. Mm. True. I have six. And because <laughs> I know people don't think of it like that, that the domesticated dog came from a wolf. So really, if people once upon a time started domesticating wolves, why is it that nowadays everyone has a, do a domesticated dog in their house? And yet people are so much against wolves. Yeah. I don't get that. My husband wants to have an actual wolf wolf in the house, like those uh, domesticated ones that you can have in the house. I said, well, we've got six other dogs, so I'm pretty sure it would eat it. So we're going to hold off on that, but maybe later on in life. 
looks like your husband will be my new best friend because I've always wanted the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, he he wants wild animals. That's his his thing. And I'm like, well, maybe we could get a baby goat or. <laughs> Or something, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, less dangerous. <laughs> uh, so, do you actually, your they're actually on not supposed to or, live in a house or, until they're, uh, they've been undomesticated for two, they've been domesticated for two generations before they're supposed to be a family pet. The wolves, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to tell him that. I'm like, look, you know, until there's two generations of them and we just can't outlive them. So it's not going to happen. Maybe that could yeah. make him let go of that one. <laughs> so as far as your characters in the books that you write, do you ever base them off real characters in your life or are they just strictly made up characters? Or, you know, like bits and pieces from people. Well, this is something I've come to realize recently that I take inspiration from at least my male characters come from one of three people. Uh, one of them is my husband. What The other one's my brother and the other one is my dad. Interesting. And why those three? And um, I think because they are the most uh, the most influential and uh, the most influential and for me the most prominent men in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you say that your um, your book is dark, but yet it's contemporary romance. So the romance side of it is contemporary. The heat level from one to five, what would the heat level be? Oh, all my books are at like a seven. The heat level for romance? Yeah. Golly, Wally gee whiz. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of folks out there that's going to love that. Um, now the darkness level, what, if you could give us one tidbit of what the darkness part of it, one, one scene that wouldn't be a spoiler or one part that wouldn't be a spoiler that makes it the dark part of the, the story, what would that be? Um, that wouldn't be a spoiler. I know well, that's hard because the dark parts are usually the most important, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for for my stories, it really depends. But if we're speaking specifically about Xander, the first book in the Black Stallions MC, um, I would say it would be uh, at the very beginning when the female lead, her name is Jen, when she's talking about her backstory. And because okay. that happens in just like chapter two, she's talking about everything she's been through and what she's ha done to get to where she is. Mm -hmm. 
because she used to she used to live in Australia and she had to run from Australia to San Jose where her uh, her cousin lives because her mm-hmm. father who was the founding father of the Black Stallions back in uh, Australia was just murdered by her uncle who then okay. uh, her uncle is very men- mentally ill it's very obvious from his character anyone that's met anyone that's uh sociopath borderline sociopath psychopath any of that that there is something very much wrong with her uncle and he is out for her blood like now that he's killed her father he's out for her blood and she's basically having to run and it is xander the main guy from xander's book obviously because of the name that is trying to protect her from her uncle to keep him from finding out where she is and her backstory is very very dark like she talks about you know being a kid raised in the biker club like seeing her father do unspeakable things to her mother Mm -hmm. and and her mother committing suicide and there's a bunch of things that factor in to show this this is how she became the person she is yeah Mm. a lot of trigger alerts there which a lot of people that that stuff that they've already lived so it's not a trigger for them they're just going to enjoy every bit of it because that backstory tells people why there is hardcore and hardened to be able to deal with everything as they are. So that that sounds very interesting. So I hear that you have a secondary pen name for some taboo romance books. You want to tell us about that? Yes. The secondary pen name is Zephora. And for that pen name, it's not just for taboo, but my my stuff that's so dark that it's not going to be able to be on Amazon because it would automatically be banned. You know, I heard about, um, I've been hearing in the author arena that there's been some shadow banning of some darker books out there. So my question is where are they being published? Are they just, being published on your own through yourselves and then being sold on your own websites? How are you getting those out into the world? Because there is a demographic that that is the world that they live in. Yes. Um, Where most people uh, that end up getting banned on Amazon and other places go is they go to a place called Eden Books which they mostly sell books that are banned on other places. And from what I could tell from their rules that pretty much they allow everything that's not bestiality and pedophilia. Okay. So this stuff that isn't breaking the laws, basically. Yes. Excuse me. Which I mean, if you're not breaking any law, I think that that that's your choice. Then that's your choice. 
that you should be able to live your life according to you. So when um, when will these books under your second pen name be coming out and where will people be able to find them at? Well, the first one I'm publishing uh, is actually going to be um, on Amazon at first because it's it's very dark, but it's not crossing the borders for Amazon, but it's also taboo dealing with uh bdsm yeah and uh it's coming out in december on december 18th that's the one i'm currently working on trying to get done and uh sent out and Mm -hmm. uh it's called reckless it's part of my series called the bastards of grove hill Okay. That's interesting. There's a there's a big following for that um type of genre. So I think that there's definitely while it is taboo, I think there's a following for that and there's a demographic that that sells to and I don't think that there's any issues with that. Do you have any advice for authors uh as far as if they're writing some things that maybe seen as taboo or on the little bit of darker side that may not be in the mainstream kind of to keep them motivated, to let them know that they're, they have a voice and that they can be heard out there or some places that they could go to find their tribe, I guess you would say. Well, I have a couple pieces of advice. One would be that, Whatever you write, it's not going to be for everybody. So no matter what, especially if you're writing stuff that's darker, like erotic horror and stuff like that, you're going to have people that see your book and automatically start blasting it and trying to report it for whatever they deem to be something they don't want out and about. There's always going to be people like that you just have to find your tribe find the people that actually enjoy what you're writing yeah and that's the biggest thing because i've seen a lot of authors who are like you know i've got this bad review and i've got this bad review i think i'm just going to quit Mm -hmm. and no you got to keep trying and keep going Because the only way you're going to get the more books you get out, the bigger your following gets. Like I was, I was one that just happened to get lucky. Like I, when I first published Xander, which it was originally first published in July of uh, July of last year, like not long after the COVID and quarantine hit. And Mm -hmm. I did not have a PA. Me and my husband edited the book. I had a, in my opinion, a horrible book cover. The formatting was horrible. And yet it became an Amazon bestseller in like two weeks after being published. Wow. That is something that's completely unheard of. I had no following. I didn't have a newsletter or anything and it just 
it just happened. So you well, never is... know which one of your books is going to do that for you. Because there that... is no set plan that works for everybody. And that just goes back to the old saying that no matter what marketing and what publicity you have, it all falls down to you got to write a good book. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no matter what you do. And of course, after being on, on the market for six months, I pulled it back, had the editing redone, the formatting, the cover and everything and re-released it. And it's done great. <laughs> That's Even though awesome. it's a re-release. Mm -hmm. And then I put out the second book. And that one's done great. Because you're writing good books. If you're writing good books, people will overlook tiny errors. People will overlook the things that really are minuscule in the grand scheme of things. Because the storyline, the plot, all of it is just that juicy that they can't put it down. They're not going to pay attention to nitnoity things because they're just invested. Yeah. And, uh, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what's <laughs> the first piece of advice? Man, I can't think of what the second was. One was, and I know it was important. I know it was important. And it's going <laughs> to eat at me. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, maybe if you can't remember it here, then you can do one of our blog interviews and, and write it on that. That way you can give that great advice because if you're writing these juicy stories that people can't seem to get out of their heads and they're just waiting for that next one to come out, then all the authors are going to want to hear that advice from you. So I want to know, what is your support system? Because one of the things that I find for authors, um, the ones that don't have that support system are the ones that want to give up when their books aren't hitting those bestseller lists and all that other stuff. So what does your support system look like? My support system really is that I get involved in all aspects of publishing with other authors and help them. And you know, when you help someone out, more than likely not, you're not even going to ask for help. And they're going to, they see that you're having an issue and they're going to come running because you know what? You helped them. That's true. You build a tribe around being there for people and people will be there for you. Exactly. So where, where can people find you at other than on uh, the Amazon bestseller list? Where can they find you? Do you have a website, social media sites? those things uh they can find me on facebook and instagram and i do have a website but it's not currently up to date i haven't had the ch chance to to do that yet yeah and what are your social media sites what are your handles on instagram and facebook on instagram it's just aviana west and okay. if people want uh want all of my links they can go to my link tree that is just link tr.ee slash aviana west okay so that'll get them to all the different places where you're you're hanging around with your motorcycle club buddies <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I also we... have one for my Zephora pen name, which is just Zephora, Z-E-P-P-H-O-R-A. Okay, perfect. So the folks that, that want that, um, the taboo romance type of stuff, that's for the Zephora, correct? Yes. Okay. So before we uh, head out for the day, what would be any parting words that you want to leave with us? Any last bit of information about your book, yourself, your journey for authors, anything before we, we end for the day? Well, I guess I'd just like to say thank you for ev- to everyone for their support and for anyone who's read my stuff. Thank you for being open to, you know, new authors that they haven't tried out before because I know for readers that's a big thing they're kind of, a lot of people are kind of iffy about reading a new author because what if you buy this book and they're they're not as good as a writer as you hope they'd be and I know that's a issue for a lot of writers so it's always an appreciation when you get a new reader because you know they took that leap and we're willing to bet on you and your writing when uh, they could have just as easily passed up your book and never read your your story that is so true and that's something I think all authors need to learn to appreciate because I know there are some out there that uh, aren't necessarily appreciate it's not that they're not appreciative it's that they are more expecting people to read their stuff amen yes there is an expectation in the indie world that everyone will read their books when what we don't understand in the indie what people are understanding in the indie world is that it is a privilege that somebody reads your book um, and I like that you are very appreciative of everybody that writes your books. It speaks volumes to your character. uh, And it also is speaking volumes to the books that you are writing and why they have such substance that catapulted you to the top of the Amazon bestsellers list, even with what you considered to be errors, which... I, I didn't get to read it, but now I'm very curious. Um, I know you've re, re-released it and you've fixed the things that you thought were errors, so I won't ever get to see the beginning errors, but uh, but it speaks volumes. So people were reading it and it had substance uh, as well as your character. So thank you very much for that. Aviana, I want to say thank you for being on the show today, sharing your literary works of art, as well as you as an author and sharing your secondary pen name for all those folks that are interested in the taboo romance books, because they're, hate using the word taboo, but I need for people to understand that's the, I'm using the air quotes like people can see me, (laughs) but that's what society (laughs) calls it because that is what society wants to hide behind closed doors. But I think people should be free to live as they want to, if they're not breaking a law, it's none of your business, what they're doing behind their closed doors, as long as nobody's being harmed or being forced to do anything against 
their will. Some people like to be forced to do things. <laughs> so, um, Aviana, thank you so much for being here. It has been great talking to you for you are our very first voice only, uh, not live podcast host. And I am so glad that it was you because it was a great conversation. Everybody don't forget to join us on the author's porch on Thursday for the bombshell book review where the ladies are reviewing Alaska Inferno by award winning author Lolo Page. It is sure to get warm here on Thursday. We also have issue number two of the author's porch magazine coming out October 5th and catch us live on Facebook every week for a new meet the author and twice a week for our blog interviews over on our website we will be doing random pop-ins for our voice only so don't forget to catch us on all the major podcast platforms just ask siri and alexa they'll play our latest interview and we are turning the spotlight on authors as we're making sure it shines bright on every single one of them we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody